With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friends, welcome to the Frederick Henry Show, and I'm Frederick Henry, and I want to thank you again. Uh, I just looked at my statistics. They're skyrocketing. Thank you very, very much. I, I can, I, I'm so humbled by your response. So many people are downloading this podcast. So many people are listening to it on various uh, streaming uh, mechanisms. And I, as a person, am just, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I, I always hoped there would be, I always dreamed there would be uh, numbers of people who would listen, but I never imagined. And as a fellow citizen, as a fellow American, as a human being, I just want to express to you my sincere appreciation for your willingness to at least listen and download what this podcast is all about. Now today we're going to look at the coronavirus again because it's the thing that's happening. And I want to just look at from the aspect of being proud to be an American. I went to the store uh, uh, probably three or four days into the rush and I was startled. I, I saw empty shelves of toilet paper, I saw empty shelves of napkins and tissue paper, I saw empty shelves of detergent, of milk, of not cheese, just milk, orange juice, um, empty shelves of all kinds of cleaning fluids, empty shelves of things connected to the cleaning fluids. However, in the produce department, plenty of produce and and plenty of things, it was very uh, unique. And I was amazed, and I I went to the night manager, and I said to the night manager at the local stop-and-shop grocery here in New Jersey, if he had ever experienced anything like this, he said in his 28 years as a manager at the stop-and-shop in Tenafly, New Jersey, he had never, ever seen such a rush on even the worst storms, the worst hurricanes or the worst anything, snowstorms, he had never seen anything like it. And he said the people, they were good, they were orderly, they were not rushing in and beating each other up and fighting over things, but people filled their cards, filled their packages and all that type of thing, and they checked out. So I went and got, I, I there was no milk, so I couldn't get any milk that day. There was no eggs, I couldn't get eggs that day. But the next day, Monday, I went in and I, I did get eggs at a very good price, and I got milk at a very good price, and I got a few other essential items that I need, soup and, and a pasta sauce and all that kind of stuff, spaghetti, noodles, you know, things that I might need for a two-week or three-week um, issue here in, in if I get sick. And I was checking out, and the assistant manager, the day manager, was there, and it was a woman, and she said to me, she said, Sir, I, I can't tell you, this morning we were, our whole entire bread section was full, our milk section was full, our egg section was full, our soup section was full, we had a, a, a shipment in, and by 1 o'clock, and I, it was about 2 o'clock at that time, by 1 o'clock, 
all the eggs, all the milk, all the juice were gone. And I said to myself and to her, I, I couldn't really comprehend what the issue is. I have milk, I have eggs, I have... Of course I want these things, I need these things if I'm going to be home for weeks at a time and have to uh, provide for myself, as you would too. But I was startled. And so I asked her, how does this work? And she said, every day, every day, they get truckloads, 18-wheelers, uh, 53 feet of um, truck uh, storage unloaded at their facility. And it, it's all kinds of stuff, cereals and, and so forth and so on. And they said they never have a problem with supplies. And there are warehouses filled with cereal and butter and, and dairy products and eggs and, and everything you can think of. And it's just a matter of the, the transportation system, the logistics that require uh, people to come from certain localities where these things are stored uh, to the individual retail outlets, and it takes time. And so she told me that they're changing their hours from uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, which is and 6 a.m. to 12 at midnight. They're changing them from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 p.m. because they need the time to unload the trucks, to um, uh, price and uh, tally the stuff, uh, to register it in their inventory, to place it on the shelves, and they can't do it otherwise. They just can't throw the stuff onto the floors and have people pick it up. Now, in that vein, I left that store and went to the local Dollar Tree, Dollar Tree store, one of my favorite stores, everything in the Dollar Tree. And listen, I don't get a penny for this. I'm a working man. I have a, I have a job. I have an employer. I have people who depend upon me. I do this job. Uh, this podcast, which is a joy to me. I, I, I love speaking with you, and thank you for listening. I, I praise God. Um, so I'm not getting a plug here. I'm not getting any money. But I go to the Dollar Tree because I want to share that with you. If you haven't gone to a Dollar Tree yet, and there are different kinds of Dollar Trees. There are small Dollar Trees, big Dollar Trees, very well-organized Dollar Trees, less organized Dollar Trees, clean Dollar Trees, dirty Dollar Trees, but the the key thing in the Dollar Tree is that everything inside of that Dollar Tree is one dollar. Now, granted, that one dollar is much of it depends on China uh, in terms of product. But there is Campbell's soups. Uh, there is a, a refrigerated section. There is bread from a local bakery. There are cookies. Uh, there is um, cleaning fluids and like more. So, in my local Dollar Tree, now I live in a community outside of the center of New York City in New Jersey. My community was one square mile wide by one square mile deep. And so, but inside that one square mile all around are 30,000, 30,000 people. Now these 30,000 people shop all over the place, but they all go to the Dollar Tree as well. And the Dollar Tree is a favorite of so many people because we all feel comfortable with buying whatever it is on the shelf for $1. So I went there today, and I went there yesterday, as a matter of fact, Monday, and I saw there was, there was tissue paper. There was no toilet paper, but there was tissue paper. There was um, many items, food items, cookies and uh, rice and the like more in the store available for people to use and to get. Now, I like the Dollar Tree because it has 
some special things. You have to know what you're doing, but soap, I dial soap. Now, when I was a young man, I worked in an orderly in a hospital. And I was told, this is a plug, uh, it's a plug, but I'll tell you, dial soap, dial soap. I was told over and over again, dial soap is the best antibacterial soap to be used by anybody. So I went there, they had two bars of dial soap in the Dollar Tree for $1, 50 cents a bar. I used it tonight, I used the dial soap tonight, I used the lavender one, it was excellent, excellent soap found in the Dollar Tree. I also went to the Dollar Tree and saw a, um, uh, uh, um, what do you call that? Multi, multi, um, you plug things into it, uh, a, a, a circuit breaker, a circuit, something having to do with plugging things into it. And it was $1. I've seen them for 15 I've seen them for $18 elsewhere. This is a sunbeam. Uh, you plug it in and you, you're able to plug six and eight plugs into it. And then that one plug goes into the wall. Uh, I don't know what they call it again. I, I don't have it handy, but it one buck. I, I bought two of them. Wonderful, wonderful thing. So, you know, my fellow Americans, fellow citizens, I'm, I'm so proud of America. America is a wonderful place. We have a wonderful country. Even in crisis, even under the duress and stress of the coronavirus, we have leadership in President Trump. We have leadership from his cabinet uh, people, Dr. Fauci, uh, the Surgeon General, uh, the Human Services people, uh, the Health Services people, the Homeland Security people, wonderful, wonderful people. They are working for us. They're working to benefit us, and they have every intention to help us. They're not our enemy, and we have to, and I think we do, and I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud that we trust them. There are those who attack them. They find fault with everything. President Trump could find a cure for cancer, as he has often said, and the world would criticize him because he didn't do it the right way. He didn't do it their way. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, people are uh, curmudgeons and the people are nasty. But the majority of us Americans, I'm so proud to be an American. I'm so happy to be an American. In America, I was born here, raised here. My father was an immigrant, a German immigrant. My mother uh, was born here, but her parents came from Poland in the 1890s on a sailing ship. Can you imagine that? Crossing the Atlantic Ocean in steerage on a sailing ship and working in Massachusetts um, in the garment industry, in the uh, weaving industry. My father, uh, a seaman, working in the sailing industry, and eventually both parents working in the food, uh, Horn and Hearted, Horn and Hearted New, uh, of New York. A wonderful thing. If you don't know anything about New York, there was a company called the Horn and Hearted Company, Horn and Hearted, Horde, H-O-R-N, and Hearted. I forgive my New York accent. I'm like President Trump. I have this accent called the New York accent. But... Horn and Hearted, wonderful company, known in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Wonderful, wonderful company. It's closed now. There's no more of them. But parents work for them. Uh, the children immigrants or immigrants themselves, my father, immigrants himself, came in from Galveston, Texas, and so forth. Legally, legally. That's the whole issue. I want to just, a quickie on that. 
It's not about immigration. We welcome immigrants. We need immigrants. We want immigrants. President Trump and Republicans need immigrants. They want immigrants. They honor immigrants. They're happy to have immigrants. We're, we're thrilled that you want to come to this country. We have plenty of space, plenty of jobs, plenty of positions for you if you want to come here and work. Now, if you want to come here and get welfare and get a free phone and a free apartment and payments from the government and welfare and socialism, then go back to Venezuela. What? How is that working out? Uh, it's not working out. So, you know, please, we want people here. We, we welcome people here who are going to contribute uh, uh, positively and productively to American society. And we welcome you. Religion doesn't matter. Uh, uh, racial coloration doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Culture doesn't matter. We are Americans, and we welcome you to America. But, but, we should not be asked to pay for your lifestyle. We work, we pay taxes, we don't get paid for our lifestyle, and we shouldn't be asked by you to pay for your lifestyle. That's socialism. Go back to Venezuela, see how that works, because it is not working. Okay, having said that. So, as I've said to you, I'm proud of Americans. I'm proud to our, our response. And the Dollar Tree. I'm going to go back to the Dollar Tree just for a minute. If you don't have a Dollar Tree, if you've never gone to a Dollar Tree, this, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not getting one nickel. It's foolishness. It's the Frederick Henry foolishness. I recommend to you things that I have experienced and items that I have experienced. And I give them free plugs because I want to share with you my fellow Americans and fellow patriots. And I don't want to be paid for it. I would love to be paid for it, but I'm not being paid for it. So am I stupid? Probably yes. Am I a fool? Probably yes. Maybe I'm a patriotic fool. Maybe yes. But nonetheless. Um, okay. Dollar Tree. Um, what did I buy today? Dial Soap Lavender, which is one of the best antibiotic soaps. Crest toothpaste, I bought that. That's my issue. You can buy any other toothpaste. Uh, 2.5 ounces, one buck. But the real thing, the thing is, if it's Crest, if it has a brand name on it, it may be a smaller size. It may be a smaller packaging. But the Dollar Tree is offering you the legitimate item, whether it's Crest or Dial, whatever, Sunbeam, whatever brand name it is, if that's the name on it, that's the item. Now, uh, Dollar Tree has their own items, and um, many of them are packaged under the uh, different names. I forget them right now. But, you know, there is, you just look at the ingredients. If you like the ingredients, believe me, this is the, the America. We have regulations, we have drug control, we have all kinds of rules and regulations to protect us, the consumer. So if you find an, an acid or a rub, uh, a back rub, or I, the other day I bought a couple of packages of a, a Payson a Absorbent Junior. I had a, a muscle spasm, I had difficulty with that. I bought this Payson Absorbing Junior, which is a, a name brand product. It was on uh, the shelves in the Dollar Tree. It was a buck. I bought it. It was very helpful. I'm very happy with it. 
not that other people don't have it and they don't deserve to be purchased. I just happen to find that the Dollar Tree doesn't have everything. It doesn't have everything, but it has many good things. So if you go there, uh, and much of it is from China. And if we move out of China into India, in our economic um, uh, development, then it will come from India. If it doesn't come from India, it will come from South Carolina or North Carolina. Years ago, when I used to go back and forth to Florida, we passed through South Carolina, North Carolina, especially South Carolina, and there were many stores, I remember them, I loved them, that offered sheets and pillowcases and all kinds of um, towels, uh, cotton goods, uh, things made of cotton. And uh, we used to always love to stop at the different outlet stores that sold Made in America products of cotton, whether it's sheets, pillowcases, um, comforters, uh, whatever, uh, towels, and so forth. And then all of a sudden, in the last uh, 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or so, those outlets disappeared because much of this, as President Trump has correctly stated, was exported to be produced in China. Not that the Chinese product was inferior, not that the Chinese product was not good, not that the Chinese product uh, should be um, uh, spit upon, but we, in the process of outsourcing all of this to China, we shut down American factories, we shut down American outlets, we shut down American retail outlets, we shut down American processes, and we hurt ourselves because we chased after the profit or the buck or made cheaply in China. That's not the Chinese people's fault. That is not even the Chinese government's fault. We did that to ourselves. We decided that the buck, the bottom line, uh, whether we paid $5 for a sheet or $4 for a sheet, the $5 sheet made in America the $4 sheet made in the USA, uh, made in China. So we chose to buy the $4 sheet made in China rather than the $5 sheet made in South Carolina. And that thereby, we as Americans chose to cut the salaries, cut the jobs, cut the welfare um, in terms of health insurance and the like more, cut the Social Security of fellow Americans because we were unwilling to pay the buck per sheet um, for our bedding. That's our problem. We have to make a decision about that. Do we want to support fellow American workers, union workers, unionized workers, and non-unionized workers by paying the appropriate price for a product made in the USA? And we're seeing this issue with pharmaceuticals. We decided that drugs were very expensive, and so we went to China and aspirin, and vitamins, and other pharmaceuticals, and many of our um, prescription drugs made in China because they made them cheaply, and our drug companies could make a greater profit, and we supposedly would pay a lower price. However, what happened was the Chinese produced it, the uh, middlemen and distributors I got it, and they charged the drug companies a certain price, and those drug companies marked it up so uh, so astronomically that we ended up paying 
a huge price nonetheless. And so now we're faced with the possibility that the Chinese people, not the people, but the Chinese government, the Chinese government may use this as retaliation against us so that we may not have access accessibility to the many drugs, pharmaceuticals, and prescriptions that we need because China controls almost all of it. It's not their fault. We did it to ourselves. We did it to ourselves. And so let's not blame the Chinese. Let's look at our leadership. Let's look at our corporations and ask some questions. Why did you do this to us? Was it the bottom line? Did we, the people, demand the couple of cents increase in dividend or did you, the leadership, decide that you were better off and you made more money and you were happier and you would please us if you made a penny or two more and then we would all be richer while actually becoming poorer? So you know, we have to look at our corporate Americans. And I'm going to deal with this in another podcast altogether because I think we are not being well served by our corporate leadership. Everybody wants to look at the political leadership under President Trump, which I believe, and I'm a Trumper, it was, is excellent. Everything that President Trump has done under a tremendous duress, under t- tremendous scrutiny, under tremendous resistance, under tremendous investigation, um, a man who he and his administration have to spend much, much, much too much time fending off of those people who don't want them to have the political power that we, the citizen voters, granted to them in the election. Because see what it is? The Democrats and the resistance are not resisting President Trump. They don't give whatever about President Trump. They are resisting you. They are resisting me. They are saying that you and I made a mistake you and I are deplorables. You and I are irredeemables. You and I cling to our Bibles and our guns. You and I are the white police who made a mistake, uh, quote, Barack Obama. We are, you and I are the foolish Americans, quote, Eric Holder. We, you and I are stupid uh, um, uh, subsequent Obama administration officials. Uh, so, you and I don't know what we're doing, and the, they, the Democrat, and the quote-unquote Hollywood elite, and their minions, and their uh, cronies, and, and the cabal, have uh, colluded, and conspired, and coordinated, and cooperated in an effort to undo you, my fellow citizens, under your decision to uh, undo your vote to take away your freedom to stop you from doing what you want to do in electing Donald J. Trump, our duly elected president. And so my focus is on them because they are the enemy. I don't hate them. They may hate me. I I understand that. They may want to take away my vote. I understand They may want to stop my political activism. They may want to blunt my political revolution. They may want to stymie my president. But, and they may, may even despise me 
and consider me deplorable, irredeemable, and uh, a, a Bible toter and a Bible clinger and a gun toter. So what? So what? I am a part, as an American, of what I believe to be a unique and fantastic and fabulous political revolution of the middle group, the poor and the middle. Not the upper, the poor and the middle. And by the middle, I mean people up to $200,000. Please, my friends, I don't know if you have $200,000 in income. I don't know if you have $200,000 in the bank. But please do not despise. Do not discount. Do not uh, attack your fellow citizens who, because of, of education and because of professionalism and because of hard work, have achieved of the American dream and are now worth a two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank, and maybe they make um, ninety five or one hundred five thousand dollars a year. Please don't despise us, and I'm including in that. Don't uh, despise them. Don't discount them. Don't attack them because they are with you in the middle group. The the upper group is two hundred fifty thousand above that. And they're good people too. They've worked hard. Uh, they've uh, saved. They're, they're part of a whole corporate entity, which is a good thing because America needs its corporations. It needs the corporate leaders. It needs its organizers, its managers, and its um, intelligentsia and so forth. Now, the academia, that's another story. We'll talk about that in another broadcast. I have almost no use at all for academia because of the academics have failed us, are failing us, and will continue to fail us into the foreseeable future until you and I have a, a new educational revolution, not a political revolution, but an educational revolution to turn out and to throw away these useless academics who are uh, daily and regularly using our educational institutions in order to defeat you and me. The middle Americans and the lower income Americans are being attacked persistently by academics and academia, which is colleges. And do we really need colleges? You know, the, the latest coronavirus is showing us that maybe we don't even need colleges. We can do it all online. And if we don't want we don't want what the person is teaching online, we'll just change the channel because we don't need that BS from this guy or this gal. And up till now, we have acquiesced and we have given over our power of decision to academia because we trusted them. But I say to you, academia is failing us and has failed us. As a matter of fact, I believe that academia, the colleges of America, have subverted us, undermined us, and uh, uh, actively resisted us. Woodrow Wilson said way back in the 19. 19- Hundreds, uh, 1910 or 1911, he used to be the president of Princeton before he became president of the United States. Woodrow Wilson says that the, the, the main purpose of college education is to divorce, to separate, to divorce or to separate the children from the values of their parents. That's progressivism. Progressivism is to say the main purpose of progressivism a la Woodrow Wilson, is to divorce or to separate 
the children from the values of their parents. Are your values so? Uh, uh, do you send your children to college, pay twenty eight or thirty five or forty five thousand dollars a year for the purpose of having the academics divorce your own children from your values? We send our children to college for an education. That is two and two plus four. And uh, history is history, and geography is geography, astronomy is astronomy, and Socrates is Socrates, and Plato is Plato. We don't want the um, uh, communist, progressive uh, ideology of the professor. We don't care about that. That's not even established uh, academic uh, value. But we're paying a huge amount of money for that BS, and maybe we need to be rid of it throw it aside, close our colleges, sell their campuses, and stop them from using their huge endowments to undermine you and me. And we're paying for that undermining. Woodrow Wilson, the purpose of education and college is to separate the values, the cho- to separate the children's values from their parents' values to make a break to Divorce the parents' values from the children's values. This is Woodrow Wilson. This is progressivism. And this is what has brought us disaster. Disaster. Okay. I, I, this, this podcast is um, my response to you, my friends, my fellow patriots, my fellow Americans, because my statistics are skyrocketing. Now, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I have a doctorate, but I am a full-time worker. I work for a living. I have an employer. I'm responsible to that employer. That's why I've said in many of these podcasts that I produce these podcasts on my spare time. Right now, it's um, 12 o'clock, midnight. It's midnight in New Jersey. And I'm up uh, producing this podcast because... I am privileged and happy and excited and thankful to be able to share this with you because you have indicated my numbers of downloads, my numbers of listeners is skyrocketing. And I thank you for that. I thank you because you're sharing this with others. You're passing it on to others. You're consistently downloading it. And I thank you for that because I don't have any money. I I pay for this out of my own pocket. I use my own time. I share these uh, recommendations, Dollar Tree, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because I think that's the value of it. I, I just tell you what I have experienced, just like all Americans do, whether it's in the street or otherwise. There's no reason necessarily why I should be paid for that. Although, of course, ultimately, if I have a thousand or a hundred thousand or a million listeners, <laughs> I will ask the um, uh, people whose products I support to give me a buck or so. You know, that's only reasonable. You're an American. You understand that. Right now, I'm just telling you what I have found, what I have found to be useful, what I use, Dollar Tree, Kroger, a Stop and Shop, whatever the product is, and I'm telling you about it for free because I don't get a buck for it. So don't think anything of that. So when I tell you that I like it, it's about me. I like it. Maybe you don't like it. It's okay. You don't like lavender. I got it. Fine. No problem. So, my fellow patriots, I just want to list my 
dear friends, Don Bongino. Uh, I never met the guy, but he has a great show, Don Bongino Show. Former Secret Service agent, does a great job. You'll find him on Twitter. The Still Report, S-T-I-L-L. Wonderful, wonderful guy, Mr. Still. Uh, his wife is involved. Great, great information. Uh, accurate, well-researched, and a, a, a very interesting and pleasant view, The Still Report. My dearest friend, I've never met the guy, but I love him. Every every night I listen to him, black conservative patriot, black conservative BCP. Great stuff on the internet, on um, YouTube. Great stuff. Please listen in on the Still Report. As I said before, Fox News, I'm not always happy with Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum. She's okay. Um... Laura Ingram, I would like to say I'm 100% supporter, but I find her a little difficult at times. And then Tucker, I used to be a big supporter of Tucker. I'm not dissing him, I'm not dismissing him, but I'm getting disappointed because I think Tucker is getting a little bit um, skewered in his viewpoints about the Trump administration. Because I, I think it's based upon the fact that Tucker essentially is not a Trump person, and Laura Ingram is essentially not a Trump person. Now, in that vein, I would like to say that I am a Trump person. I, The president is not a god. He's just a president. He's a businessman. He's from Brooklyn. He does what he does. But I think he does what he does well. Promises made, promises kept is a campaign mantra, and I think it's an accurate mantra. He promised us that he would do certain things, and he has done his best to accomplish them. In that vein, then, my friends, uh, fellow patriots and uh, fellow citizens and citizen voters, I encourage you to continue to be involved. I ask you to please, in my opinion, a vote for Donald J. Trump to be president in 2020 because I think we need at least minimally, and he can't run for 16, 18. He kids about that all the time. He may not even live that long because he's not a young man, but he is the man of the people, for the people, and and I believe by the people, and a constitutionalist, a conservative, and a businessman, and a leader, and someone we really need in America. And if we don't have him, uh, even worse, hell will break loose. You know, we're having, with the coronavirus, and all the things that are going around the coronavirus, huge things, um, massive nationwide shutdowns, uh, uh, nationwide property issues, uh, even in certain senses in California and New York, uh, various forms of martial law, uh, uh, the National Guard. Uh, uh, this is this is uncharted waters. This is uh, unexperienced. This is new stuff. We've never experienced anything like it before, and we're experiencing. And I'm proud. I think we're doing well. I think as a citizen, as a voter, as an American, I'm very proud of my citizens, uh, my fellow citizens. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of all the workers, the police department, the fire department, the the hospitals, the nurses. All the people uh, are acting as we always do act, but we don't recognize it. We always do act with integrity and dignity and a sense of Americanism, which is for the people, by the people, with the people, uh, forever and ever. So we do that. 
and we should be proud of it. And that's why everybody wants to be an American and come to America. And as I said before, great. Come in the front door. Come in legally. Uh, contribute your work, your labor, your talent, your ability. Become the American dream. Just don't ask me to let you in illegally and don't ask me to pay for you. You pay for yourself. We have plenty of jobs, plenty of opportunities, plenty of chances for you to make it big in America. But don't ask me to pay for you while you're making it big because I have children, I have grandchildren, and I have to pay for them as it is in colleges. And then I expect them to make it big for themselves. Okay, this is a long uh, podcast, so let me just wrap it up. You, my dear friends, have supported me and encouraged me, and it's because of you and your uh, uh, downloading, your encouragement by downloading, that has allowed me and enabled me to be brave enough to dare to do this podcasting. I have a website. I'm trying to develop it this week. I'm looking. At, my plan is to move forward into interchange and to dialogue, not just me talking to you and you listening, but you and I talking to and with each other in a dialogical um, format. And I mean it in the sense of politeness. I've tried this before, and all I've gotten was negativity, viciousness, nastiness, name-calling, and all kinds of uh, unpleasantness that, you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh and the others have call screeners. I don't have a call screener. So when I do open up the Internet, when I do open up uh, the the uh, ability for you to communicate with me, I'm only going to pay attention to those people who are polite and dignified and have a sense of, uh, uh, what, what should we call it, regular American uh, politeness, regular American politeness. And if you're a name caller and you're a... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.